Right, gang? You like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 259, episode 3 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it is Wednesday, October 19th, 2022. Yep. Yeah. You know time it is. National Kentucky Day. National okay. LGBT Center Awareness Day. National right. Seafood Bisque Day. Hagfish Day. Support, nah, nah, fuck your local chamber of commerce, fuck them. Uh, Medical Assistance Recognition Day and Bra Day USA. Bra Day. Didn't we have yeah. recently have a Bra Less Day? Like a day Yes, but Bra for bra this less. time is Breast Reconstruction Awareness because October, Breast Cancer Awareness, so a lot of breast cancer themed days. Okay. Got yeah. yeah, I mean, that's what I, I immediately assumed that's what Bra meant. It wasn't like a surfer holiday. Bra. Like Bra. No. Well, my name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. I bought a fucking 12-foot witch. I bought a fucking 12-foot witch, yeah. I bought a fucking 12-foot witch. That is courtesy of Milksteak on the Discord to the tune of Season of the Witch, which is a song that I get AKs. I've gotten multiple AKs from, and I hadn't heard it. Before the first AKA, I think from Christy Yamaguchi main, and now it is in the rotation on, in my playlist. I, I do like it. By Donovan. 
All right. Yeah. My mom was, she, I remember that was one of the first bands. My mom was like, you should check out this band, Donovan. And I was like, what the fuck? When did you start giving music recommendations? <laughs> but that was like, that was a very big moment for me because my mom up until then was only listening to classical music and I listened to some rock shit and she was like, you should check out Donovan. I think I only knew about Donovan because like there was a feud with Bob Dylan at some point um, and I was like a real Dylan head when I was a okay. kid because I was cool. Uh, anyways, I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. I'm Miles Gray, aka What's Go Got to Do, Got to Do with It. What's Go When the Point is Trees and Oceans? What's Been Go Got to Do, Got to Do uh, with It? Okay. Who threw some soup in a can and some flowers? Okay, shout out to Jesse Jericho for that wonderful. What's love got to do with it? AKA, yeah, a lot of people are like, wow, Just Stop Oil is doing a lot. Mm. And we're calling Van Gogh Go right now. Yeah, and that one. Like I think for the name for Van Gogh. I mean, I feel like you could have probably put in Van Gogh, like you could have fit Golf. Van Gogh into the lyrics, but I'm yeah. not here to give notes after the fact. I take the mm. submissions and I bring them to life. Well, Miles, we are thrilled to be joined in our third and fourth seats by two very funny comedians who yeah, together yeah. host one of my favorite podcasts, Radio Lab. It's Sam Taggart and George Savannah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. And, and you know what? Thank you so much for bringing up Donovan because we both wanted to come on here and discuss our favorite musician. <laughs> Donovan. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it was especially for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shit. No, it's an honor to be here. I'm um, so embarrassed that we don't have jingles to share. It's That's really fine. humiliating, actually, to be so underprepared. <laughs> well, I mean, I, the thing I always say is, what's your what's your go to karaoke track? Sam, I want to know your answer to this. You know, mine is fear based, which is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> mine is. Yeah, I do Modern Love by David Bowie because wow. Wow. I can sing it well and it I feel like it has a part at the end where you get to kind of yell and you get to sort of be loose and it's like it implies that you're being like off the cuff but I I'm I do it every time. And right. so it's <laughs> I used like, to always try to do ball change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to always try to do um paparazzi but my voice just, it's like actually harder than you think. And I was like, do I go low or do I try to hit the high? Yeah, and actually like, Lady Gaga is so an I would artist always and, a, and a really good vocalist. <laughs> and no one's talking about it. And no one talks about it. <laughs> yeah. We're here to uh, correct that. That's Thank you. Slight. Exactly. Thank you. How about you, George? I, I don't want to be a buzzkill, but I really, karaoke is one of the few things that I really am anti across the board. <laughs> I have, really? I think, I think similar to Sam, it's fear-based and that I, I think, you know, as much as I have many talents in my arsenal, singing is not one of them. And I feel very insecure whenever I am forced to sing into a microphone. And then I one wow. time had a really traumatic experience where as a joke, I chose this song by Pink to sing at a, at a karaoke event. Uh -huh. And then I, and then this woman <laughs> ended up kind of starting to sing with me. And we had a little duet moment and we had kind of a moment and, and I thought it was very sweet. And then at the end, she was like, I don't want to get into it. But at the end, she just like looks at me and she's like, that song really reminds me of my daughter. And then just like oh, started no. going into like very personal stuff that I was not really ready to kind of receive at the time. Yeah. This was in rural Maine. So Holy <laughs> you shit. can kind of <laughs> fill in the blanks. <laughs> and so I think that was really the nail in the coffin for me. But one time um, someone made me cry when they sang Wuthering Heights by Kate Bush at karaoke. Wow. Mm. Okay. So you win yeah. some, you lose some. 
Yeah, why not? I mean, it's good to be a good to be an emotional audience member. One time the DJ cut me off halfway through She Wolf by Shakira because I was flopping so hard. <laughs> wow. See, that's my biggest fear because everyone's like, and, and whenever I express that fear, people are like, no, you know, everyone is, everyone's just like being themselves. I'm like, yeah, but what if I'm the one person who they do cut off? Because they're like, okay, well, we still yeah, want to have a, fun here. Like, you're actually just painful. But you need, well, you're I, not the one person because Sam is the one. That's person, right. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like, I yeah, myself a good out there. A good karaoke night needs the people who are not great just to make sure just to keep the levels right. So people aren't completely discouraged because like there's places in L.A. you go and you're like, OK, motherfucker, we get it. Like you think this is an audition. Right. Well, but, there are places <laughs> in New York, specifically around oh, Broadway. Sure. Where that Broadway. Is well. <laughs> right. They're belting <laughs> that shit out. Right. <laughs> what are your guys go to's? Oh, I have how never do done karaoke. I, I know what? it's going to be surprising to you because of how much I fucking nailed that Donovan track. <laughs> but that, that actually came from just me ha- really feeling strongly about the fact that I did buy a 12-foot witch. And it's the, the thing I feel the most pride in about my life currently. Man, we got a depot. We need a karaoke night with the team. Now. I know we do. Because now that now I have sung on mic and I probably am, caught the bug. I've caught the bug, yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, I want you to. I want to hear you sing "Strong Enough" by Cheryl Crow. Uh huh. Oh, mm-hmm. I could do that. I wow, that. I thought you were gonna go "Strong Enough" by Cher. That's what I oh, thought too. Yeah, I just and that's like, the difference between you two and us. And yeah, right, exactly. Straight <laughs> culture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's the Rorschach test. <laughs> You're like right. strong yeah. enough. Go. Cheryl Crow. Cher. Cher. Cheryl Crow. Cheryl Crow. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We are going to get to know you guys a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about today. It turns out people don't like to work at Amazon. Oh, no way. So we're going to talk about that. (laughs) This is fucking newsflash. Shocking. We are going to talk about, what is it? Rainbow, Rainbow Fentanyl? Yeah, it's it like the new, the new craze parent, that we all you need should, to be worried that about. That should be front of your mind as a as a parent, man. Yeah, the I rainbow know. Fenty, all of that, plenty more, or maybe none of that. We'll see. Before we get <laughs> to it, Sam George, we like to ask our guests, "What is something from your search history?" I looked at my search history to see sort of what I've been up to. A lot of it was pretty narcissistic. A lot of it was Sam Taggart. A lot of it was Stradio Lab. A lot of it was Sam Taggart Stradio mm-hmm. Lab. That was kind of dark. <laughs> But then I actually thought the more telling one was, how heavy does something need to be for you to need to find a stud in the wall? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because I'm trying to, like, hang stuff in my bedroom. I'm trying to, like, redo it. And I have no practical skills. And I'm also lazy. So on top of it all, I'm lazy. And I got a mirror that was too, it was, like, kind of heavy. And I was like, well, does it, do I have to find a stud? Do I have to go buy a stud finder? Mm-hmm. <sighs> and I, I did it out of safety, but I wish I didn't have to. I'm always wow. trying to cut corners. <laughs> Wait, you, you wish that you could have just said, fuck it, we're going drywall only. Just yeah. let, let go and let God. I've never understood why we make walls that can't just hold everything. I just don't <laughs> I get it. agree. I, I <laughs> like still, I'm, at one point, at some point, I know I'll be kind of, this will come back to bite me in the ass, but I'm kind of like, Whatever. Like, you can put anything on the wall. <laughs> Let it get ripped out. Yeah, that's like every, like, uh, vacuum thing I've had to put in a wall. I'm always like, that's fine. That's enough. Two weeks later, like, one of the screws, like, just flopping out. And I'm like, shit. I guess they had a point about this whole stud thing. I'm, I'm in the similar school of thought. I'd rather not if I don't have to. 
Yeah, they should make better walls than like trusting us as they're putting it on the individual instead of the collective action. Oh, of, wow. So this uh, the builders straws. need to be doing a better job. That's yeah. right. It's actually and I actually also want to say, you know, it goes back to that <laughs> classic tech industry slogan. Ask for don't ask for permission. <laughs> yeah. <One second>. <laughs> Move <laughs> fast and break <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Move fast and break things, first of all, which yeah. is actually also applicable, but also ask for forgiveness, not permission. Yeah. There you go. So, you know, That's... yeah, like if one in every 20 times I break the wall. Yeah. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Right. Yeah. Oh, sorry. My TV fell on your baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Just to be clear, both of those slogans, no issues. And I actually think those are my political beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> Move fast, break yeah. stuff. Beg for forgiveness. Don't ask for permission. Right. All good. All good here in the tech industry. Yes, let, letting right. them run things has worked out well. Undefeated. For all of us, I think. We yeah, Sam agree. and I are two of the foremost technocrat podcasters out there. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How about you, George? What's something from your search history? Um, I mean, sadly, so my during the day, I, I work as an editor at the new Gawker. And, and so my search history is completely destroyed because of that because <laughs> every time some new personality comes up i have to find out who they are so right i can tell you you know i just kind of finished a round of blog editing a couple of hours ago and a new person i found out about is emily radikowski's new potential beau who she wow. was seen smooching and so we thought you know sometimes you know we do hard-hitting journalism we do kind of provocative commentary but sometimes you got to get those clicks and oh, yeah. so we were like it would be fun if we did almost like a tongue-in-cheek funny ironic sarcastic five fast facts about this guy and there were so few facts available that one of them is just he's a democrat <laughs> <laughs> you know it's crazy i almost clicked on that article like i was wow so you could have just it. said i read it <laughs> <laughs> I almost thought about reading that. I just love that that it's number five. He is a quote registered. <laughs> oh, it's Orazio Rispo. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you know who that oh, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, he, he's uh, a son of a real kind of estate a New York, Exactly. Yeah, he's like a New York kind of figure. One My, of our one of yeah, our okay. facts is that he's friends with Nick Kroll's wife. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, good to know. I do want to shout out Fran Hofer, Hofner, who wrote who wrote this piece and did an incredible job with very little information. <laughs> yeah, figured it. I mean, the one thing I figured I, I is like she's always around people who collect art. I feel like that's the one fact I feel like of her recent like uh, out in society moments. I feel like she's been very close to the art world recently. Oh, Emily. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Totally. Emrata. Well, you know, the thing, it's kind of a trend right now for celeb women celebrities to date men in the art world. Mm. You have Emrata, Chloe Sevigny, and Jennifer Lawrence. And so three is actually a pattern. Yeah, oh, that's shit. a trend. Yeah, mm. There it is. We, we need to pay attention to it. Yeah. I mean, and those are called smart money launderers. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Criminals. True. Like, I feel like every time there's somebody who, like, gets very serious with uh, somebody in the art world... That person, it turns out to be just being like they're the best in, at being in the art world because they were a grifter of some sort. Like, hasn't that happened multiple times? The art world is, is quite literally a money laundering scheme. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just a yeah. global money laundering scheme. Right. And there's something kind of beautiful about that to just like know that there's no substance there. Right. <laughs> right. The new Gawker is great, by the way. Thank uh, you yeah, very much. So. <laughs> what is something that will stick with you, George? What is something you think is overrated? 
Oh, I have a really good answer for this, not to brag. I think that (laughs) something that is overrated (laughs) is oral histories. Okay. Yeah. I just like don't like there's something about it where like either do the work and write a book. (laughs) Right. Or just kind of like do a tweet like to do an oral history of the, you know, of the office episode where Jim and Pam go to the supermarket. Like, I don't care. I don't need to, like, have quotes from a writer that was like, and then and then in the room, they they someone said, what if they go to the supermarket? And we said, no, they can't do that. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't need that. And it's very, like, loosely edited. So it makes yeah. sense that you as an editor would be anti this because I yeah, guess it's that's like, true. I didn't what about a less way? readable, just kind of loose grouping of source quotes right right and it's also sometimes like you know if there's like an episode of a show you like actually the best thing you can do is just rewatch that episode you don't need an oral history of how it came to be Mm. Mm. wow where are you gonna get the tidbits where are you gonna get the tidbits though it broke no ground saying the grocery store i mean like when when i saw that they were going to the grocery store i fucking lost my mind so (laughs) (laughs) sometimes sometimes an app is so like out of left field it's not like it's like a good app you're more like wait how did why did this happen like i'm I'm talking about like the dinosaurs at like series finale do you remember i mean it was like this kid show and then like suddenly it was about like like all the dinosaurs were getting exterminated by comets that was a metaphor for global warming and it was like Whoa, 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 whoa. I did not, me at eight years old did not need to see this. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, what happened to Knock the Mama? Right. Like, that's <laughs> what oh, Knock the Mama is gone. They all died. I know, but I mean, that's it, what we were there died. for. That was, we were there for like the Henson light of it, right? Now, rather than like the, yo, y'all fucked up narrative. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So that, I do understand the need for an oral history, but also, George, love and respect um, your opinions as Thank always. You. Yeah, reading yeah. them, read like I could again, like if we're taking it for face, like literally, like yeah. let me hear it. Okay, that's one thing. But reading it is like oh, I sure, feel like sure, I'm sure. high reading Cormac McCarthy or something. Yeah. Well it's just like it's better in theory than in practice. You click on these things and they're like seventeen thousand words long and you're like, I I don't know. I mean get yeah. Find the good yeah. quote for us and like bring exactly. it to the front like right. a journalist, like right. pretend you're a journalist. I don't know. Yeah. Pretend you have an editor and this is a journalistic institution. I don't know. Here's this interview I did with that guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Listen to it. Yeah. Like the 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 true story behind the dinosaurs episode maybe maybe is like one really good quote. Yeah. I think we can all agree that's the one we need. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I feel like couldn't we just call it DJ Daniel right now? Because isn't his dad wasn't his yeah, dad? His dad on that show? Yeah, my my uncle actually wrote on dinosaurs and really, uh, yeah. The, fuck it, just call him. Get the oral history right now. Right now, should we do it? <laughs> hey, what the yeah. fuck was up with that man? <laughs> just like, and now he works for a environmental nonprofit. So he he had. I think before that them. he was pro oil industry and then as that episode came together <laughs> and now he he's was actually like, one Whoa. of the girls who threw soup at the van gogh painting yeah, yeah he yeah. throws that's that's what his he was taking videos he likes to be behind the scenes now. yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> they feel strong very strongly about soup based protest yeah <laughs> yeah it's very specific uh sam what's something you think is overrated Okay, I think good acting is overrated. I don't believe in <laughs> acting as an art form. I think it's on the <laughs> I think it's on the director to sort of make it make sense, sort of like cast properly and like 
like, I think everyone has a different little special sauce, but I'm always like, who cares? Like, I'm like, no. When someone is, like, bad at acting in a movie, I'm like, that's not their fault. They don't know what the hell's going on. Like, <laughs> right, it's right. on the director yeah. to tell them what, so so how put them in this look. shit. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. That's like, right, a coach putting the worst player on the bench into the starting, like, lineup when you're like, you know that's not the best player, right? It's like, yeah, but yeah. it's going to get butts in the seats, so fuck it. Like, and we know that. <laughs> That's what I feel like. Is Does Harry Styles kind of fit into that? That's how I feel about Harry Styles. Like, he's someone who just, they're like, hey, man, you should act. He's like, I guess. And everyone's like, boo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's set up to fail. But I also just think anyone that's, like, good at acting, like, they just have, like, a lot of times they have, like, ten little tricks. Like, it's like, I can make my lip <laughs> twitch like this. Or, like, I can. <laughs> right, right. Right. I really, it's something I, for some reason, I do not believe in. I'm just always like, yeah, I guess. Like Sam is not really an actress gay. Mm, I see. No, That's, I'm not an actress He's gay. more of a pop star gay. Got it. Got yeah. it. And I would say because... I'm more of an actress. I, 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 I do actually appreciate what Sam is saying because I do think we celebrate acting too much. But, mm-hmm. but, but I will be the person who's like blown away by a performance and then... And then I'm like, right. have you seen Kate Blanchett and Tar? <laughs> right. <laughs> that was actually the thing that jumped to my mind, even though I haven't seen it. That seems to be the performance that everybody is like that this if you're going to go to a movie to watch a performance this year, that that's the one to do it for. And but based also on very well directed. So Right. 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 You know, in Sam's <laughs> words, not yeah. her. It's the man. Right. <laughs> it's the man. It's Todd Field. Yeah. Give it up. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to see Tar tonight. So hopefully, hopefully, Kate teaches me the power of acting. <laughs> yeah. Right. There you go. Or or just make a scene and be like, I honestly don't get it, y'all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's waving a stick around for most of the movie. It does seem yeah, like. Did... Listen, I loved. I liked the performance a lot. <laughs> I do think when she was doing the stick stuff, she could tone it down a bit. Oh, oh really? Yeah. It's a lot. It's very exaggerated stick acting. Wow. But does that go for all conductors? I've had that thought every time. Every single oh, time yeah. I've seen a conductor, I've been sure. like, you could take it down. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. About I rem- 20 yeah. notches. I, it was so, I remember, <laughs> I played in a youth orchestra, like a youth symphony growing up, because I was like super into playing trumpet as a kid. And the direct, the conductor of that youth symphony was so fucking pretentious. Like, it's like he... <laughs> It's like to your point, it's like he has been like watching mixtapes of other conductors of symph- like symphonies and be like, that's the shit you got to get on. Like you got to have nasty long hair, be sweating and like just over like just big animated movements. And he was like a nightmare of a person. So I give it up to the low key conductors. With a lot of conductors, it does feel like, you know, are you doing this dramatic movement for 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 us, the orchestra? Or are you doing it for you, the conductor? Like, are you trying to? like prove your own importance or are you trying to like keep us in time and yeah like <laughs> right part of it i get like if there's a crescendo right and the and the the, the certain section isn't giving it to you enough you got to like really gesture like yo this is fortissimo you know y'all playing mezzo forte type shit but <laughs> the i don't know sometimes it does seem like they're doing a solo on it like a like how a rock like santana would do a rock solo on a guitar right. like oh fuck man yeah. like in the middle of it like <laughs> okay you're coming for 15 minutes yeah, <laughs> yeah or like st heim not to bring it back to hey, one, on of, bass. one of sam's least favorite musicians yeah <laughs> but st heim's uh bass face as they that call bass it face is wild as a baby i also played bass and i was just like yo she's she's feeling it up there is there a bad performance that you or a 
something that was like noted for being a bad performance that just like didn't bother you that you'd like ride for? I mean, I don't, it's hard to tell what people actually think of the quality of this performance, but Gaga's performance in House of Gucci is like so like funny in a way that I just love. Like it's like, you don't need to be like good. You need to be like right. sh- just giving me something. And it's like, that is giving me something. That is something to chew on. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's something. <laughs> that yeah. entire movie was like a structural critique of the concept of acting. And 100%. Yeah. Like, like, oh, you, think you know way. what good acting is? <laughs> well, this is the most entertaining movie you've seen this year. And we are doing like <laughs> just the most yeah. ridiculous. We are making fun of the idea of acting up right. here. We yeah. hope you're good with that. And I was. I even liked Jared Leto's performance. I thought uh, Jared that was, was my God. He was maybe his best performance today. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, thank you for this. I needed this. He should. I, oh. I stand by my statement that that character should be the voice of Mario in the new movie. I, I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and by the way, and by the way, agree. you know, you know who was not good in that movie? Adam Driver, who was trying to be a, a good actor. He, <laughs> right, did, right, right. he needed yeah. to put that aside. Read the and room, just fam. Be Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we came here to be spooky, not accurate. Right. Yeah. Jeremy oh, Irons man. doing like a completely different accent. Uh, I was like, yes, fine. you you are <laughs> British. Just be British. Who cares? Yeah, right. <laughs> Right. Oh, man. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll hear your underrated and maybe get into some news. Zite gang, customers are rushing to your store, but do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it, you know, like a literal POS? Well, you need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Connect with customers inline and online. Look, you want to use TikTok? Well, guess what? They have plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns on platforms just like that. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system. Or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Now, I was looking at Shopify.com, and I'm trying to get some answers. Let's say, uh, you know, I had a bustling retail business, and I need, you know, maybe uh, some hardware to be able to sell my wares on the street, take credit card payments, whatever. And I know Shopify is easy to use. Half the time I buy something online, I'm like, oh, yep, they're using Shopify. And if you need to learn more, check out their website. It's super easy to navigate, whether you have questions about how you can optimize your inventory or, again, looking for hardware to make sales easier, Shopify.com has all of that. Just go there. Check it out. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash TDZ, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash TDZ to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash TDZ. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, 
Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island. And secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. And we're back. And Sam, do you have an underrated, something you think is underrated? I do. I mean, we kind of touched on it, so it might be boring, but I'm going to do it anyway. I was going to say an underrated is climate terrorism. I think, you know, we've all been sort of mocking this this soup squad. Mm -hmm. And I think any form of climate terrorism is a slay. And I think we need to be sort of (laughs) upping... The amount of climate terrorism. Yeah, it's going to be messy. It's sort of we're, we're figuring ourselves out. We don't really know what to destroy or how to destroy it. But, <laughs> baby, we got to make a splash. Somebody's got to be terrorizing something. Right. right. It's like they're too comfortable. <laughs> I, I don't want to do it, but somebody's got to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not it. There are a lot of things I don't want to do. Like, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I don't want to pick up the garbage, but it needs we gotta to be We got to get it together, but it ain't going to be me. But y'all, right. please figure it out. Up the stakes, please. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm all in. My critique was like, why ruin something beautiful that everyone can enjoy instead of like ruining a pipeline? But it definitely got our attention more than those are. Know, but I, that's the thing, Jack. You got to think like a terrorist, man. Those are soft targets. Right. You know what I mean, right. ain't nobody. Nobody's looking out for you at the Van Gogh exhibit. So it's that's like true. fucking it's like being a Viking when you pulled up to the continent of Europe. They're like, yo, these motherfuckers have no idea, bro. We're fucked this place up. Uh, and I think that's how they're looking at it right now. Yeah. Like a fucking Aston Martin dealership. They're like, you're fucked. I gotta say, I always I'm always a little skeptical when people are like, well, but it did get us talking. So it worked. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not that simple. Like, like, I agree. 9-11. Like, it got yeah. our attention. Uh, okay. who can, it definitely started a conversation. Yeah, it definitely did. But like, I'm like, okay, when people were protesting, like the Sackler wing of a museum, you're like, okay, the name Sackler is on it. I can see the connection. Like, let's go. I'm there. Like, I'm holding my sign. But there's something about there's too many reference kind of floating around. You're like, there's soup, there's Van Gogh, there's oil, there's a museum. I'm like, let's streamline. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Stay focused. At least throw the soup at like an at a war hall (laughs) or, you know, right. Right. I don't know if that would help the message, but it would at least have a more streamlined narrative. Yeah. <laughs> or like, yeah, like fuck up like a Jeff Koons piece, you know, like I, like a exactly. massive, massively like I'm just making hand over fist money, like probably help. Like like we were saying with the Van Gogh, like 
Yo, bro, let leave that man alone. He didn't even know he was successful when he died. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, leave him I alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are better <laughs> targets in the art world for sure. Climate terrorism yeah. needs an editorial director or a creative director. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. And yeah, I mean, because right now, pardon the pun, it's little noodles at the wall. You know, they're sort of seeing what <laughs> right. sticks. And, right. Um, they're just they're they're wasting. They have an audience, a, a rabid audience, and they're sort of squandering it. Right. Well, I mean, I think the other <laughs> thing too is like the way like they didn't fuck up the Van Gogh. Like they threw it at the plastic shield around the Van Gogh. You know. <laughs> yeah. So oh, again, really? they didn't even. Yeah. Get yeah. yeah. They don't, no, they, man, they don't they, have pieces like ruined. they didn't fuck that up. No. And not just that, they called ahead of time to make sure they would not ruin it. Wow. And so then I'm like, all right, well, that's not very punk rock. <laughs> right, right, right. And they took notes on which kind of soup to throw. They're like, yeah, yeah, are yeah, you yeah. good with like, a bisque? Is that oh, yeah. maybe yeah. something more water based? That feels a little right. bit too greasy. Uh, but okay, okay, okay. Well, we could just put red food coloring in some water with some chocolate right. carrots. Okay, so you food coloring. Uh, you know, people throwing red paint at fur. That's that's like a you know, perfect narrative. Like I, that, that's that, what I said I, when this. Story I get what first you're happened. saying. Yeah. Yes, that makes right. sense to me. But this is yeah. yeah. Although maybe it's more of a da da like it. The the point is how random it is, and maybe we should right. respect that. Maybe we're thinking in a modernist rather than postmodernist way. Right, right. This is the da da yeah, sort of sort of wave of climate terrorism. It's Tim and Eric climate terrorism. <laughs> yeah, right. <exactly>. Yeah. <laughs> Soy random. We need. We want to get to like the Octavia Butler point. You know what I mean? Where we're like yeah. really fucking it up in like a laser guided way. Yeah. I think that makes sense for climate terrorism. Like cli- the climate story, it doesn't need randomness or, you know, surrealism. It's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. Well, because yeah. I feel like the whole tension is like, we know we're fucking the earth up, but yeah. like we don't fucking control the resource extraction or like the, you know, pull the levers of like our energy mix to burn fossil fuels. So it's like, well, how do we fucking do something? So, right, it's in that point now. It's like, I don't know, man. Just go fucking fuck up that dealership. Go climb this bridge. <laughs> throw some soup at this thing. Like, whatever, man. Because, like, we can't just fucking buy paper straws and think, like, that's going to fucking end it. Because that's, a right. you know, at the end of the day, it's not stopping the fucking industry that's responsible for mm-hmm. it. They were yeah. gluing themselves to NBA basketball courts last playoffs, which was interesting. But again, I like felt, one. yeah, it, it happened like multiple times in Memphis, like in the at Memphis Grizzlies home games, I think, in Minnesota, like that. It was like at one they they targeted one specific series and just kept gluing themselves to the court over and over again, and it <laughs> and it never worked. But it was always very violent how they were like pulled off the court. Oh yeah. <laughs> So well, there's like also I remember that one security guard who was like a fucking NFL linebacker, like reading the play, like just saw this person getting ready to get up the court. And the second they stood up, they were just yeah, hemmed them up, took them out. Yeah. yeah, they need they need coaching. They need they need a director. Yeah, <laughs> better director, something. better director. Yeah. George. Yeah. What is something you think is underrated? All right. I know I came in guns a blazing with the oral history thing. This one really stumped me. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> I, the first thought I had was having a printer, but then I was like, I can't go with that. That's the most boring possible thing anyone could ever say. <laughs> um, but I'll say this. I think something that, this is a little obvious, but going to a multiplex to see a movie 
people don't realize because people don't go to movies that much anymore. They are so desperate for our business that their policies are in unhinged. <laughs> it is it is like it is like every like AMC Regal, all those places are offering passes that are like twenty dollars a month for unlimited movies. Right. And they also have like a full bar with like ayahuasca in them. Yeah. Like, I don't think people, <laughs> you can drink at the movies understand. straight up. Like, full I stop really now. Like because yeah. I really like going to the movies and but the past few times I've went, the people I've gone with have been like, wow, this is my first time going to the movies. And like three years and i'm like people don't know what's going on like this yeah. is the tra- this is the opportunity of a lifetime right yeah this is your living room if yeah. you play your cards right <laughs> nobody will be here and you know you can even smoke weed in there they don't even give a fuck yeah but the truly <laughs> like the fact that all of them have like people are like i miss movie pass well it exists you just have to right. like, commit to one theater but right. it's there yeah 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 i think people are focusing on the wrong thing when talking about going to see a movie in theaters because they're like like the purists will be like, we need to go see a movie in theaters because it's so important to be around like a masses of people while you see this film. Oh, hell no. And it's like, no, no, no. Masses <laughs> exactly. of people stresses everybody out. Yeah. Say like you get like the biggest, most reclining seat you could ever imagine, a full bar and like <laughs> you and can have sleep sex in there if in. you want. Like, <laughs> yeah, <it's> fine. <laughs> what do you think about the food? Like, the, you know, like the Alamo draft houses of the world or places where they bring food. Like I, I like the option, but I, I more so to say, I like to eat a lot. And typically when I go yeah. to a movie, I'm like, yo, I'm gonna get high before. So I mm-hmm. eat a lot. And I'm I'm not joking. By the third act, I'm fucking struggling to fucking stay like <laughs> conscious because I'm like, Yeah, oh, I, I would say onion. Alamo Draft House, much like oral histories, uh, good in theory, not great in practice. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, I find that they've also not, as far as I know, and that this might have happened since I, I last checked, but they have yet to get a single order right. In the, well, also, in the, the food is not of, very good. I, I mean, the food's no, not the food good, and they, they've never gotten a single, like, they've never gotten everything that you put on, and you write down the order, so it's interesting that they can In the dark it, on but, paper. Yeah. Here's yeah. what I'll say. I have actually a billion-dollar business idea, which is that, you know, collabs are all the rage right now. I think mm-hmm. if those movie theaters just collaborated with, like, In-N-Out, and then you could get, like, a known entity, Holy you could, shit. like, go oh there God. and get In-N-Out. Stop, stop. I mean, that seems kind of like a no-brainer to me. Right. That would be huge. That would be amazing. Why have your own kitchen? Just have a little satellite kitchen. Right. Just uh, have an in and out truck. Yeah, pop up even. Them out. Yeah. I mean, that'd be an interesting way how like studios would start propping up films they know are going to have terrible openings. Like you basically, <laughs> you just have an in and out collab opening like in markets with no in and out. They're like, guys, this Super Mario <laughs> film, you're going to fucking love it with in and out. Yeah. Uh, right. Kansas, pull up. <laughs> I mean, That's truly smart. though. I mean, not to not to blame the theaters for not having good business, but Get get a McKinsey consultant in there, and they'll be up and running. <laughs> yeah, and they'll probably say something like, "Have you tried more diverse offerings?" And they're like, "Well, hold on, hold on. Not to, we look. We know you. Hey. Come yeah, on yeah, now. yeah. Hamburgers diverse enough. You mean like you. vegan options? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fine. <laughs> All right. By the way, uh, I use my printer constantly. Printers are underrated, but thank yes. you very we'll, much. We'll we'll skip over it on okay. the basis of it being boring. But printer having a printer, whoa! Oh hell yeah, in. yeah! I'm sorry that it just inspired. I can't agree with that more because it made it's excited me. The idea I don't have a printer, but the times I wish I had a fucking printer, I'm always like, why the fuck have I not bought a printer yet? Even if you need to print something out once a year, I'm telling you that just buy one. 
Right. Yeah. No, the printer, the printer industry, they they are built to fall apart so quickly. I've never had a printer like even when I go to use it after six months, it's like, wait, why doesn't it work now? It worked before. Oh, my mom it, has mine like drives this, me crazy. My mom has this one from like eighteen years ago that just cannot fucking be stopped. It's like it's like <laughs> the most like respected member of our family. It's just like oh, man, <laughs> that shit is still going. Uh, all right. Respect to you, brother, uh, brother printer, literally brother, brother print. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> brother. <laughs> All right. Let's get into Amazon real yeah. quick. Turns out quick. terrible place to work. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like just the statistics support everything that we have <laughs> always suspected, like at every level. I've, yeah. I've known like one person who worked at Amazon, like at an executive level. And they told me and this was like years ago, but they told me that like they cried multiple times, like on the job and that like there was at least one person crying on the like in, in their office on a regular basis. And you had to like respond to emails within three minutes at any time of day or else you were they would be like, excuse me, like, hello, you like, are off center. task. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> off task. Yeah. Off task. It's also I've known many people who have worked in in like Amazon corporate, not like in a in a warehouse, like as coders or as product managers or whatever. And it's like that ethos extends throughout the company, like right. the, from the lowest from the people at the lowest level of the totem pole to the people that are like VPs. It's just it's like right. And and that's I think the people that end up liking it there are the people that thrive in that kind of environment, which is a personality type. Right. No, 100 percent. And so like there's this leaked memo that basically just confirms like, yeah, it's a hellish fucking nightscape, but a nightscape hellscape. It's a hellish nightmarish hellscape. That's what I was trying to do. But apparently they are like with the amount of like employees that they're that are leaving the company, like their attrition rate is costing them about eight billion dollars per year. And they lose three percent of hourly workers every week. So they said, According to this like internal research paper that I think uh, who got it, The Verge, uh, it said workers are twice as likely to leave by choice rather than because they were laid off or fired. It also says that the issue is widespread throughout the company, as we're just saying, not just with warehouse workers from entry level roles all the way up to vice presidents. The lowest attrition rate for one of the company's 10 tiers of employees was almost 70 percent. That's the lowest with the highest reaching 81.3 percent. Right. I feel like every, you know, every company, I, there, there's a thing in like the business world called the hedgehog principle where it's like every company needs to have like a single line thesis statement that is what makes like separates them from other companies and like makes them more profitable. And right. theirs seems to be we are the best at exploiting people without you having to notice that you, the customer, having to notice that we're the best at treating our workers like shit but in a way that like is behind closed doors. So mm -hmm. so you just like turn around and the package arrives on your doorstep and you don't have to see that we are like beating the shit out of our <laughs> our employees essentially. And that that really seems like when when we talk about this it's it seems like we talk about it in relation to other companies where, you know, it, other companies might have like incidentally like bad culture because of like bad management. But like this seems to be their like at a cellular level at a like down to the DNA. This seems to be their whole innovation is moving like just make making labor extremely cheap and moving the cheap labor and all their 
practices of like how they treat people like shit behind closed doors. So we don't, so we don't have to see it. Yeah. yeah. It also, I feel like it makes like <laughs> the even slightly conscious consumer look like sort of a bleeding heart liberal in this way that is like, like if I like talking to my mom who like orders a lot of Amazon and be like, that's like, they're mean to their employees. She's, she's like, it's like suddenly I'm like Bernie Sanders and like, I'm <laughs> like, you know, like you shouldn't right. listen to me anymore. Right, and it's right. like, Oh, it's, it's so cruel that it should be so obvious to, to us all. And it's weird that pointing it out is still like radical in some way. Well, it's the new like sweatshop. It's like in the nineties or the two thousands when, it almost became cliche to point out that everything, all clothes are made in sweatshops. So then you were kind of like, okay, well, I guess that's part of the world now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right, to that totally. end, like there's like a, a new proposal from like the group that's called the Commercial Customs Operation Advisory Committee when it's like executives from like Walmart and shit. Yeah. And they've been basically talking to like, you know, they're, they they give suggestions to the Customs and Border Protection on like how to streamline trade regulations. And right now they're trying to do a thing that would basically make it harder for you to realize if they were like, you know, like bringing in products that were tied to labor abuse overseas. Like that's oh, their so they've new got suggestion. A finger in that pot too. Just yeah, just like kind of like the manifest, like they're like really blogging us down. Like let's just <laughs> just barrel through that. That way people can't really link anything back to anything untoward. But again, because I think it's funny that they are consciously realizing, oh, some consumers are becoming a little more aware of like what the human cost is to certain goods. And so that they're like all in on now being like, all right, fuck up the manifest. No one will know Uh, in terms of Amazon. Like, let's just crank this, like fuck the attrition rate. Just keep it going. (laughs) And we talked about in the past how like even their own analysis is like, we're going to run through people who we can even fucking exploit in certain markets if we don't Mm -hmm. figure shit out. Which yeah. is, I'm sure, a really comforting thought. I also just wanted to touch on Bezos because uh, Mona Halabi, like in the New York Times, did this like really interesting infographic to help people just get some scale of Jeff Bezos' wealth. And it's it's really, I think we always talk about, yeah, it's really hard to fathom what 172 billion dollars looks like to an average person. But in it, you know, she's breaking down for like for 0.7 percent of his wealth, he could give every Amazon employee a thousand dollars for less than one percent of his wealth. Uh, another one said that the average full time Amazon employee made thirty seven thousand dollars or thirty seven thousand nine hundred thirty dollars in 2020. In order to accumulate as much money as Bezos, one hundred seventy two billion, an employee would have to start working in the Pilocene epoch four and a half million years ago when hominids had just started standing on two feet. That's that was the, the head that, start. Yeah. You they should have I mean? led with that one. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They said based on his wealth gains in 21 and 22, his wealth was increasing $500 per second. So that means in 40 weeks, the time it takes for a human to gestate, he could reimburse everyone in the United States who got IVF in the past two and a half years. That's just in 40 weeks. He could do that. Or in 95 hours, he could buy a $169 million apartment on, ni- on the 96th floor of 432 Park Avenue. Mm. <laughs> in 95 hours that's how much his that's how much money he makes passively and he deserves every penny yeah, Absolutely. right that's you what know. i was just gonna say he deserves it all he's the best he's the best <laughs> he among figured us it he's out. a superhero no i thought this article i don't know oh I, I you can commute you can consult me next time new york times because i feel like there were better ways to make make some of these points the the plus error or whatever i thought was good but i don't know but some of them stupid, were kind of 
Yeah. There was one hard to fathom where it's like fingernail dust is like one one hundred millionth of a centimeter. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, like, sometimes with those things, I'm like, all right, who is this? F- like, are we just having fun with numbers here? <laughs> yeah. And like the a sixty nine hundred and sixty nine million dollar apartment on the ninety sixth floor of four hundred thirty. Like, I have no fucking idea what that. Like, that's <laughs> for like, New Yorkers. I, yeah, I don't know about New York real estate. Who are you, who who specifically is this for? I'm like, LA is most expensive house is seventy million according to Selling Sunset. I'm like, that's the I'm limits like, put of it my, on my terms. How many acai bowls is that? <laughs> Thank oh, you. Well, your luck. <laughs> 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 you could have acai bowls every day for seven million. I but just yeah. wish they had like done yeah. A, a, a few more drafts of what the actual numbers they wanted to pull together were. I think they're they're trying to see. Look, no matter how, like maybe you make sense of the world through to- pieces of Toblerone chocolate, or sure. maybe yeah, bagels. that one was good. They have a, a few different ones. Yeah, yeah, Toblerone chocolate versus like is what everybody else makes, and Jeff Bezos is like five Mount Everests or something like that. <laughs> so that, right. that the one, height of a piece of Toblerone is yeah, American median. That wealth. was that was solid, but it, that yeah. and the Placine era were like mixed in with a bunch of things where I had to like picture fingernail clippings or you know the the one hundred sixty nine million dollar apartment on the ninety sixth floor of. 432 Park Avenue. Like, is that just to make the point to Jeff Bezos? Because I feel like he's probably the only person who <laughs> has any awareness of like that real estate exists like that. Who knows? You know? Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about the menace that is Rainbow Fentanyl. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring the Kardashians, of course. And season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island. And secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and it's waiting for you on Hulu. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, deputy opinion editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. 
Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. And we're back, and the media loves a good Halloween freak out, like a little oh, yeah. like Halloween panic. And the DEA is seizing on that trend. They released a warning last week that brightly colored fentanyl pills were popping up, and there is a new trend being used to target children with brightly colored fentanyl pills. Because if there's one thing drug dealers love, it's giving away drugs for free to a demographic that does not have any money of their own. Yeah. Yeah. First thing you learn at drug dealer camp. (laughs) (laughs) That is honestly what I thought drug dealers were when I was a kid, though, (laughs) because of the D.A.R.E. program. I thought they were going to hold me down and force me to do drugs. Right. Some guy in a leather jacket was just like, what's up, kid? Because you have right. that 80s idea of what a fucking drug dealer is. <laughs> yeah. No, this uh, this tradition is, um, it's as American as apple damn pie. I feel like <laughs> it's just a, a thing that's like, <laughs> like, that is what Halloween is for, like, news, like, local news. Like, I'm like, I wonder if they, like, literally are like, come on, Halloween's just around the corner. What are we afraid of this year? Like, we need right. something scary. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because every year it's like, really? Yeah. What's the new thing? Rain- well, I, I love, though, too, that, like, the DEA is also just, like, excuse, like way to make yourselves look more useless, DEA. Like, they're being <laughs> like, hey, warning, folks. It's us, the drug warlords. They're fucking, there's candy-colored fentanyl that'll kill your kid. I don't know. Look, y'all, we're trying to keep the drug war going. Please. <laughs> I mean, that is, the, the biggest question for me is always, like, who are the people that, want to anonymously kill children on Halloween. Right. <laughs> like, I, 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 like, what's the profile there? Yeah. We uh, still don't know. That's how you advertise how good your shit is, man. Right, like, exactly. You, you it's, it's honestly, it's viral marketing. Yeah. It's, yeah. Those 12 trick-or-treaters that got taken out, that was my shit. There's also, <laughs> you, you have to be careful with any news story that's, like, rainbow-based. Like, that... There rainbow was, parties? Yeah, yeah, rainbow parties <laughs> was the... I, I wonder if there's just something in... And, George, maybe you can, like, tell us this, but, like, something yeah. in the edit... Like, the editor handbook that is, like, people... You know, people love numbers... In in their titles of stories, and if you can like get a ra- the word rainbow in there, that's gonna like get people clicking. Because I mean, I think people, I, I think the combination of like something childlike and something dangerous always freaks people out. Like, right, you know, in this instance, like rainbow fentanyl, it's like 
it's like children are in danger. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rainbow parties was the like di- p- kids wearing different colored lipsticks and giving each other blowjobs at a right, party. Right, right, exactly. And then, yeah, that Oprah was like, hell yeah, let, let's do this. <laughs> now tell us about this. And we should be worried about this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know anybody who's done it personally or know if it's she true. Is, but Oprah Oprah's truly the queen of never being held accountable for <laughs> for right. spreading yeah. information like that. <laughs> right. We're like, uh, can you come get Dr. Oz, Oprah? <laughs> fucking Dr. Phil, like all these doctors. Yeah. She didn't she doesn't check credentials necessarily. No. With, no. no. She goes she runs it's, on vibes. She yeah. yeah, she runs on vibes. She has a gut feeling. And, and she knows what she is the most Yeah. It makes sense that she is the most famous American. <laughs> the 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 DEA alert actually doesn't even say anything about Halloween. It's just the media, you know, it, of course you got Fox News and also like local media, which is just most local media is just mini Fox News. Like the, they're just right. going with the same sort of bullshit scare. Well, tactics. often literally because there is I don't, I don't have the information in front of me, but I, I once at a previous job I once edited this thing about how there are um, I think it's called Sinclair Broadcasting. Yeah. It's this like giant yeah. conglomerate that right. like, you know, literally runs like fake local news outlets that just like pro- that just like shit out Fox, uh, you know, 89 markets they, yeah. they run. And so, yeah, like you you can see it whenever they do like those like op eds to camera where like all the anchors are like yeah, exactly, totally exactly, in line, yeah. like synced up reading the same script. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really dark. The headline ahead of Halloween, drug agents warning parents about rainbow fentanyl. Uh, it it doesn't like there there is no stati- like factual connection to Halloween, but it is truly before Halloween. So like they can get away <laughs> with putting that up there. But I right. I truly think that you're right, Sam, that like this is this comes from an editorial meeting where they're like, all right, so what are we going to like? freak people out about and could it possibly be rainbow colored because it's been a while since we've had a rainbow colored freak out there's also something about freaking people out about something that is not real because then people can almost be like phew like our kids didn't get the rainbow fentanyl (laughs) right like we made it through another halloween right and like like, yeah because there are real dangers like i don't know if you guys have seen there's like some statistic about like the number of like kids that get hit by a car on halloween like sky like it right. like oh, skyrockets on yeah. Halloween, and it's like yeah, talk that's about a that. real thing to be afraid of. Like we right. could talk about that, but it's like, but that's not juicy, and it might happen. So <laughs> that's right. not really fun to sort of talk about. It's and like yeah, this yeah. is more spooky. It's in the Halloween spirit. I mean, it's like <laughs> there might be vampires, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and just like how like a vampire isn't gonna fucking bite you and turn you. Although I hope it happens every year for me. It never does. It's just like with fentanyl, like it's. Like the whole shit, especially with all the the fent- like interacting with fentanyl videos you see, where cops are going down. It's like that's yeah. also a fu- that's also just as real as fucking werewolves, you fucks. <laughs> right? <laughs> like yeah, you're not gonna fucking crazy perish trend. from looking at it. And I, what's interesting about like the candy thing is that like it was just because at a a bust the DEA did, like they were keeping it in like a Skittles bag or like a nerd's box. Yeah, and not like so they're like, oh, see what they're trying to do. They want some kid to open this and then pretend it's Skittles. It's like, no, they're smuggling fucking drugs. Like, you don't (laughs) suddenly be like, hey, man, you got to open every little, like, statue of Maria for, like, Catholics because there's heroin inside. I just saw Lost. You better keep your eye on that shit. (laughs) 
Well, we tell ourselves stories in order to live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a veritable rainbow of different colored cars will be running over your children this Halloween. <laughs> like that. See, you can get the rainbow in there and still be scare tactically and actually help people, it seems like. But right. They're, they're yeah, Ra- Rainbow Fentanyl is also the name of the pride party Sam and I are throwing next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on out. Tickets are one hundred dollars, and uh, they don't. And someone will entry. die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's on Hold the your poster breath. that you guys yeah. are putting out. Yeah, yeah. I, it's <laughs> just thinking of like it's kind of like we couldn't quit Y two K. You right. know, yeah. like Y2K was so fucking energizing. Right. Y2K was fucking everything. You, the, the shit we were buying is fucking merch, like where we were like half embracing like a potential disaster, but something like, I don't know, maybe. And it's now it's like, we got to keep kind of pushing that Y2K button in people like just <laughs> enough that it seems feasible, but not enough to cause a full-blown panic. It really is hard to recapture the magic of Y2K. It, it yeah. really combines so many great things. I mean, digital, fear of the digital. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Futurism. Right. Futurism. You know, there was the kind community. Of aesthetic, there was community, the kind of aesthetic <laughs> of like a TLC, no scrubs video, you know. But right, right, it, right. But make it scary. Right. Apocalypse, right. For it to hit midnight and sort of be like, I wonder if anything bad is going to happen. And you like... In your heart, you like kind of know nothing bad is going to happen, but at the same time, it's like maybe. And then when nothing bad happens, ooh, the party just gets even more popping. Like, what yeah. a feeling. Well, like, right. here's the thing I remember, right? Because I was, what, this was 16, going on 16 that, that year. I was like at my friend's house because we weren't going to some fucking cool party at the time. We just weren't cool enough to be at a like a proper Y2K uh, party. But I remember earlier that night when it was nine, we we're like, yo, what happened in New York? Right. Yeah. And they're like, it's all good. It's all good. And we're like, phew. But in my mind, I don't like to your point, like, George, I don't know if I for all the excitement, like what would have happened if the shit went as like the way we thought it was going to go and completely fuck up? I would have been like, oh, start falling out of the sky. Yeah. (laughs) Right. I wouldn't have been ready, even though we were like giddy for it. Yeah. Well, I so first of all, like the reality of Y2K is we just hadn't heard of software updates yet. Like right. and that's all it was. Was like well, we were still America learning about software update. We were still learning about the concept of technology. You right, know, it was a different right. time. So yeah, they just told they just focused on one software update and were like, if this doesn't happen, we're fucked. But is there any way that we like sensed the you know the thesis of this podcast, at least in my mind, is that like there is some like collective unconscious, you know that has some intuition that's at least worth looking at. Is there any way that like we sensed some apocalypse was coming around Y2K and it just didn't happen until like some reckoning that ended up being September 11th, which uh, that this is me bringing up September 11th twice in a single episode for no reason. (laughs) But I do wonder if people just had a sense that like America's been fucking up and just like sending our like you know, our damage elsewhere and ignoring our damage for for so long that they were just like, this got to like something bad's going to happen. Right. Like something like catastrophic is going to happen. And then we just like made up Y2K to like give ourselves that. And then it didn't happen until like a year later. That's that's a very I mean, I love the theory. Idea. Yeah. That feels very like prophetic. Like I, I'm, I'm addicted to um, <laughs> the idea of all of us uh, having an understanding that something bad is coming, 
Right. I don't I don't yeah. know how true it is, but I love it. I feel like those people <laughs> would have to be a little more aware of like what our karmic debt was from a foreign right. policy perspective. Yeah, that's true. Which no one was. Maybe I'm wrong, but it was Y2K an America specific thing? No, I, I think the freak out was American specific. Though. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. But they did talk it. They did talk about I remember in Japan, like it was kind of like a funny thing. Like they're like, I remember being there like in the in the build up to it. And people would just say like, yeah, you never know. But it was never like like they weren't having like like computer people on like in earnest news segments like they did in the U.S. where they're like, you know, like when the clock hits, like we'll see what happens. Like, right. Yeah. They weren't, they weren't yeah. giving those people air. Well, because there wasn't, they they weren't all trying to make money off of like survival bean bowls or whatever. Count the yeah. 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 I do yeah. think the the time period between January twenty to January two thousand and September two thousand one is such a like maybe someone's already done this, but I'm like someone should write a book about it because it, it was like oral it was the the optimate maybe an oral history actually <laughs> it was like the it was the, the this brief time when there was optimism about a new m- millennium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it just like and then after that, any kind of history you would write after that would, of course, have 9-11 as like the definitive or first thing essentially that happened. Yeah. Right. But I'm trying to think like what culture was released during that time? Wasn't good. Yeah. Let's <laughs> see. I mean, sorry, I'm going to do a quick look. Movies that were released in 2000. I think bring Gladiator. It on. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. Bring it on. So scary movie. <laughs> Didn't, didn't Almost, Gladiator like win all the Academy Awards and it's just like a real straight down the middle action movie? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that so. was like, oh, yeah, American Psycho. Great movie. Yeah. Really good movie. But that wasn't popular at the time and has since become extremely like it didn't it didn't like crush the box office, but it's yeah. become like the movie from that time period that I feel like most people. I mean, the fact that Gladiator is like the one best picture just. Or did it win Best Picture? I, that's not that inspiring to me. So right. maybe I'm <laughs> no, wrong yeah. about that time period being fruitful. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was fruitful, but it was like very specific, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, but yeah, with Y2K, I may, it might have been more that we probably knew that technology, like we couldn't totally wrap our heads around it. And now we're in this like social media quagmire we're in now, where maybe if I think if anything, maybe our intuition was more about like, Technology is about to oh, fuck us sure, up. Sure, sure. Yeah. Like this is about to be beyond our capabilities as a species to deal with. <laughs> yeah, like I think that, and then because I, I think that really came to pass, and now we're like, wow, because what? Just four short years later, we have mm-hmm. Mark Zuckerberg click clacking away right. in that. Harvard I mean, I remember forum. you know just as a kid, I remember being like, something's gonna happen with Cambridge Analytica. Right. <laughs> yeah, you were <laughs> just feeling in my bones famously. The, yeah, I no one that. listened to you. I mean, the the summer before nine eleven, like you know, literally on the on the front page of I think Time magazine, when like on September eleventh was the summer of the shark, and it was about how there were like three shark attacks in America that summer, and so like it might just be that America needed something to be afraid of, and mm-hmm. because they like just were so closed off to the reality of the world that they had to like make up stories but like now we have rainbow fentanyl now now we have (laughs) rainbow fentanyl we have things to be no we have so much to actually be worried about and we're still making up stories to like like rainbow fentanyl to like give us fake things to be worried about because maybe that's just like well it's tradition and also it's just more reassuring that there's actually no there there 
Yeah, or is like Y2K like our farewell to like frivolous bullshit fear mongering? Because right. we were about to enter the era of like real fucking shit. Like because ev- unless you were like truly aware and up to date on everything, I, for me as a teenager, I lived in a couple, total ignorant bliss of like I don't know, dude, fucking. Jono got a new fucking Pathfinder. Like, let's fucking drive up to the mall type shit. And then you're like, wow. Oh, shit. Right. Like, America is doing stuff around. Like, that was sort of my process after 9-11. Our history teacher's like, does anyone want to take a stab at why anything might have happened in the United States? And we were like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you must have gone to a more liberal school than I did because mine mine was like, oh yeah, these evil people—they're coming for (laughs) you. They hate our freedom. I I gotta say, as someone who at the time was living in America with non-American parents, it was shocking the level of ignorance. I mean, the fact that suddenly our pizza was coming in American flag boxes—I was like, what is going on here? Like, yeah, terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I got to stand for the fucking national anthem now? I was like, yeah. I used to get away with, like, sitting down and, like, well, not doing yeah. shit. Yeah. And then also I remember as kind of, like, an impressionable kid, be, like, not understanding any of the context and being like, well, everyone has, all these cars have support our troop stickers on them. I guess that must be a status symbol. And I, I like, made my parents buy one because I saw it at the supermarket. And I was like, I want to be like all the other American families. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which is such a lull because, you know. Wait, where I, did you grow up? Well, I I my I mostly grew up in Greece. My parents are Greek, but then there was a brief period for like seven years when we lived in New Jersey, which is why I don't have an accent or anything. And that happened to overlap with nine eleven. <laughs> got wow. it, got it, got it. Oh, yeah. right. So yeah, it's yeah. You, you definitely. It have was to fit like in I was there one. from like ninety eight to two thousand five. I think. Got mm. it. Really, the 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 wonderful years kind of between the Bill Clinton scandal and uh, the second Bush administration. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> the highlights yeah the, yeah yeah. Uh, yeah well guys it's been so fun uh having you on the daily zeitgeist uh like i said huge fan of your show uh where can people find you follow you all that good stuff well one thanks so much for having us too yeah, um, so much fun you can find us both on instagram and twitter and uh like I'm Sam Taggart on instagram and sam t Taggart on twitter and george what are you and i'm george severus on both should we pl- we do have three live shows coming up? Yeah, oh, plug, yeah. We plug, yeah, them? plug them. Plug I have them. them written down because we 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 just um, doesn't matter. But uh, we so we have one in New York for the New York Comedy Festival at the Bell House on Wednesday, November 9th. and then we have two coming up in LA. One for the Vulture Festival in um, on November twelfth, and one more at the Elysian Theater on November fourteenth. Nice. So that's that's what we have to promote today. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Thank uh, you for giving us the space and for and 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 the opportunity to do that. Yeah, no, of course, thank you. And is there a tweet or some other work of social media that you guys have been enjoying? Oh, yeah, I have a good one for this. Sam, do you have one? You go first. Okay, so I actually, this is cheating because I've already tweeted it out. And also because I found out about it via another podcast, The Weekly. But I have been introduced to this. um, I'm not on TikTok intentionally so because I think it would ruin my life. But I've been introduced to this TikTok account called the VIP List, I believe. And it's these two girls in New York that go to kind of iconic New York restaurants and review them. But in the most, I think they're doing it as a bit in this kind of grading voice where they're like, the the steak here was terrible. Then we got dessert and it was also really bad. And (laughs) that's kind of like, I'm not exaggerating. So I really want to especially shout out the Balthazar video, which I kind of <laughs> happened upon because I was, you know, because of the James Corden thing. Yeah. It really is, it really is 
it brings me so much joy. And I've now watched it truly like 17 times. I really encourage everyone to to, to look it up. Yeah. That's At beautiful. one point they go, they were talking about something and they're like, this tart needs a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's, I think it's someone get this tart a therapist. <laughs> wow. I guess as a companion piece to that, I would say Grace Kulenschmidt's post about Ooh. Balthazar where she was standing in front of it saying, welcome back, James. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. So hard. I also just imagine. I know. I mean, we know Grace, and we know where she lives, and it's not close to Balthazar. So I was imagining she her like getting a on a train, <laughs> getting on a train from Brooklyn to go to Balthazar to take the photo for her post. And I got to say, it was worth it. It was worth it. I mean, and also, did she have poster board, or did she have to also run to CBS, <laughs> pick up poster board and markers, make a sign that says "Welcome back, James," then go to Balthazar, right. then snap a picture? Snap that effort. is impressive. Yeah, amazing. Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? Oh, man, you can uh, find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Check Jack and I out on our basketball podcast. Miles and Jack got mad Mad boosties. Uh, And also check me out with Sophia Alexandra on our 90 Day Fiance podcast. 420 Day Fiance. Uh, Some tweets that I like. First one from uh, past guests who you might be hearing from soon. Pallavi Ganalan at Pallavi Ganalan tweeted, me looking for advice. No, not you. Um, which feels about right. And then Pizzerinos Barro at Tilamundo tweeted, uh, if your bestie doesn't permanently alter the linguistic center of your brain, they are not your bestie. Uh, and that's so true. And the weird ways we speak rub off on each other. Uh, as I'm sure many of you know, just from listening to podcasts, how that can ruin your brain. Mm-hmm. That was also one of mine, which I think (laughs) says something about the mind meld that happens also to the linguistic part of your brain when you host three hours of podcast together on a daily basis. You start liking the same tweets. I wonder if we liked it at the exact same time. Like we just get off this and immediately like do all the same shit. We'll we'll, we'll text each other when we like a tweet. Hey, did you like it? Okay, me too. Uh, Colin Deerson tweeted, Taylor Swift fandom is QAnon for people who were a pleasure to have in class. (laughs) I don't know if that's true, Taylor Swift fans, but the fact that I'm so scared that I'm like preempting it by being like, I don't look, you know, I don't know know if that's true. So like, don't be mad at me. I just thought it was funny. Probably suggests that maybe there's something to that tweet. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy? Uh, This is from this artist, Koche Mea, who is like a sax player who who's like played in like the Dab Kings, like with Sharon Jones and like the Budos band, like Mark Ronson, the Roots, like guys like totally has his chops as like a a sax player. But in his solo stuff, he's like melding kind of his own like indigenous heritage with like just other types of music that he's played. And it just like makes for nice, you know, house instrumental, like play it in your house instrumental music. Uh, So this track is called Tukaria, T-U-K-A-R-I-A, uh, by Cochemea, C-O-C-H-E-M-E-A. Uh, and just a, it's a dope track. And a lot of his work is pretty interesting, so check it all out if you want to. All right. Well, The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We're back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. 
Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Zeit gang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.